Welcome to Manifesting on a Loop. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Manifesting in a Loop, a skeptic-friendly podcast. This is Inma one more week with you guys. Um, I'm so sorry, first of all. I know that my voice is terrible. I'm sick, as you can probably tell. I didn't want to leave you guys without an episode this week. And so this is it. This is the voice that you're going to be listening to for the next 20 to 25 minutes. I'm so sorry in advance. Sorry if it's annoying. I hope not. Um, okay. This week's episode is going to be about what I call a personal constitution. This is a concept that I've been discovering since I started my journey, especially because my journey, as you probably know, started with The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen R. Covey. And in this book, the author takes you through the design of what he calls a personal mission statement. And I loved that concept so much. And then also Lewis House, who is also one of my mentors. He's been a really important part of my journey, both through his podcast, The School of Greatness, as well as his books. And in his book, The School of Greatness, he talks about a personal principles declaration, which is kind of the same thing as a personal mission statement. They're different names and they're different concepts, but basically it's the same thing. And it's about writing down a personal constitution that you want to have for yourself. And in this document, you are going to decide who you want to be and the values that you want to define you. I've said this before, but manifesting is not about having certain things. It's about becoming a certain person, the person that you want to be, your highest self. And in order to do that, I think that you have to sit down with yourself and reflect on who is that person that you are trying to become. In 2014, Matthew McConaughey won an Oscar for Best Actor for the movie Dallas Buyers Club. And The speech, the acceptance speech he gave at the Oscars was one of the most insightful and interesting things I had ever heard. I'm guessing that you've probably heard it before. In case you haven't, I highly recommend that you do listen to it. I'll leave the link of the YouTube video down below in the description. But basically what he says in his speech is that when he was... I don't remember his age, but when he was very young, like a kid, I think he was like 15 years old, and someone in his life came to him and asked him, who's your hero? And he said, well, I'm going to take a little bit of time to think about it. And a few days later, that person came back and he said, my hero is me in 10 years. And 10 years later, when he was 25, that same person came up to him and asked him, so are you your hero? And he said, no, I'm not. My hero is me in 10 years when I'm 35. And basically he said, I'm never going to be my hero. And I know that, but it keeps me chasing the ideal of the person that I want to be. 
something along those lines. It's a really inspirational speech, and it's been used in many different settings and by many different people to talk about basically the concept of having a highest self or thinking about who your highest self is, what that means, and following that. So today, I'm going to help you design your highest self. We're going to design your personal constitution. We're going to start with a concept of the personal mission statement that Stephen Covey writes about in The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. So developing a personal mission statement basically means that you are going to develop a personal philosophy or creed. It is a personal constitution because it is fundamentally changeless. He says something, Stephen Covey, that I love, which is people can't live with change if there's not a changeless core inside them. And that's exactly what I want to accomplish with you guys today. To develop your personal constitution means to develop or to establish what is that changeless core inside of you. What are the things that no matter how much you grow, no matter how much you learn, whatever happens is going to be a part of you. This is your essence or what you want to be your essence. And it's not just about I'm perfect. I'm, you know, no. As Matthew McConaughey said, we're never going to be our highest self. We're never going to achieve that because we're never going to be perfect. But if we have a personal mission statement or a personal constitution or whatever you want to call it, you can come back to it and not necessarily read it, but have it in your mind so that you know in any situation how to act. It's going to be our compass because it's going to be dictating what path to take in any given situation. Your personal constitution should be based on correct principles. It should be principle-centered. Our lives should be principle-centered. All of our decisions should be principle-centered. The thing is that most people are not principle-centered. Most people are either money-centered or work-centered or possession-centered, pleasure-centered. And I think that the most common one today is (laughs) self-centered. So what does it mean to be principle-centered? Principles are truths. They're fundamental truths and they are not going to change no matter what philosophy is trendy right now. Stephen Covey gives us an example to put this into perspective because I know that this is a little bit hard to grasp if you've never heard this type of uh, concept before. So let's imagine that you have invited your partner to go to a concert. You already have the tickets. Both of you are really excited about this concert. And the very same day of the concert, you're at work and your boss comes and tells you that they need your help to get ready for a meeting tomorrow morning. The thing is, How do you make the decision? What do you do? Do you stay? Do you go? It depends. If you are, for example, spouse-centered or family-centered, you're probably going to make your decision based on your partner. If you have a money-centered perspective, you're probably going to stay at work because you're going to think of the benefits that it can give you in the long run. If you're work-centered, obviously you're going to stay at work. And if you're self-centered, 
while you're going to do whatever is better for you. In this example, there are only two options available. You go to the concert or you stay at work. And the truth is, there's not a right answer. If you are a principle-centered person, what you're going to do is stand apart from the emotion of the situation and evaluate the options according to what is really important to you. So literally, whether you go to the concert or stay at work is a small part of making an effective decision because at the end of the day, you can make the same decision with other centers. You can be money-centered and make the same decision as if you're work-centered. Or if you're pleasure-centered, you might make the same decision as if you're self-centered. The thing is, it doesn't really matter if you go or if you stay, as long as the decision you're making is based on your principles, is principle-centered. The option that you must take is the one that contributes more to your ultimate values in life. So now we're going to get into how to actually create a personal mission statement. You have to take into account different aspects. You're going to write or journal or reflect on different things. I'm going to give you now questions for you to answer. Regarding character, you might want to ask yourself, who do I want to be? What is my passion? If I could do anything in the world without regarding money or time, what would I choose to do? That's a really good question. I love that question. Then we have kind of another side, which is contributions and achievements. I also love this one. The first question is, at the end of my life, how do I want people around me to remember me? Question number two is, what is the person I want them to remember? And what has that person done in life that is meaningful? Then we have values and principles. And the question is, what do I want my guiding principles and values to be? Now, with all of these things, with, you know, the answers to who do you want to be? What is your passion? If you could do anything, what would you do? At the end of your life, how do you want people to remember you? What has that person done that is meaningful? And what are your guiding principles? With the answers to all of these, you can create five governing affirmations. And you can read these affirmations to remember whenever you need it, what your main principles are. And then you are finally going to create the personal mission statement, which comes down to one sentence. It needs to be one sentence that encompasses your main principles and values and your purpose. I decided that I would share with you my own personal mission statement, my own personal constitution. This is going to be a little... mm, I'm going to feel a bit vulnerable, okay? I'm not going to lie, but I want you to see how it's done, so I'm going to share it with you. I did this a while back. I answered all of the questions that I gave you, and finally, I came to this mission statement. My life is devoted to the transcendence of love, kindness, and empathy towards every being in this planet. 
including ourselves and the people around us, as well as every human, animal, plant, and space in this world, so that we remember we are one. You don't necessarily need to understand it, okay? It's my own personal mission statement, but just so you know, it can be a long sentence, but it needs to represent what you want to do in your life. What is your intention in life? What is your values? In my case, for example, I include words like love, kindness, empathy, because those are the things that matter most to me. I use the word transcendence because I want that love, kindness, and empathy to expand. And I want to expand it as much as I can. I want to contribute to their expansion. So that's it for Stephen Covey's personal mission statement. If you want, the book itself, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, includes a link uh, where you can actually build your personal mission statement from scratch. It's a tool easily available through a website. I'm going to link the website down below in the description in case you want to follow the guidelines there. And then we're going to go to the personal principles declaration that Lewis House presents to us on his book, The School of Greatness. It's a very similar thing to me, at least. It's still like a personal constitution. It is a list of five principles that are what you stand for and what you live by every day in any scenario. He says, Lewis Howes, that when something goes wrong, you don't fall into a negative spiral or become a victim of circumstances, but rather fall back on these principles to guide you. Lewis House says in the book, you don't let your bruised ego get the best of you because your vision is bigger than your ego. I love that, that concept. Your principles have to be bigger and heavier than your moods. And those really are principles. You cannot live based off of emotions and that's it. You know, something that I learned also from the book, The Seven Habits, is that if our feelings control our actions, it is because we have abdicated our responsibility and empowered them to do so. You sometimes need to subordinate your emotions to your values, because I'm sure that sometimes you are going to feel like you want to punch somebody in the face. But are you going to do it? Probably not. Why? Because you don't believe in violence, for example, right? Well, that's the same in any given scenario. Lewis also provides a link to a website where you can complete your personal principles declaration, and it's really, really fun. But I'm going, and I'll link it down below. I'm going to give you a little bit of the outline of it. So basically, you have to start by thinking about the five people you admire most in life. You know, it can literally be anybody. It doesn't have to be someone in your family. And it doesn't need to be someone famous either. Like, it, Or it can be a mix of both, you know. In my case, for example, like three of those people were famous people, but then two of those people were in my family. Just follow your instinct and really think, reflect on who these five people are. Who are the five people that you admire most on earth? And then think of the qualities that you admire them for. Like, why do you admire these people? Let's say, for example, that you have Nelson Mandela. He was one of mine, for example. Well, you can say he was intelligent, forgiving, kind, just, persistent, 
a visionary, you know, you can say all the, the adjectives or qualities that come to your mind that are part of the reason why you admire that person. Then when you have that list of five people and all the adjectives that define them, you are going to notice, you're going to look at this list and you're going to notice the recurring qualities because most of these people are going to share some qualities. After you've done that, you can think of adjectives or qualities that you wish people described you with, that you wish people see in you. You can say, I wish people saw me as someone strong and kind and intelligent and graceful and successful and whatever it is, write it down. I'm pretty sure that with what you've done, both writing down the qualities you admire and the five people that you admire most, as well as the qualities that you want other people to see in you, those are probably going to be very similar. And you have to look at what the most common are, and you're going to narrow down those qualities to five principles, five values that define what you stand for. You can write them down. You can add a little bit of an explanation if you want to. And you're going to come back to these five principles. You now got these five principles to come back to when something goes wrong. And you can let them guide you instead of following your emotions of the moment. Instead of being impulsive, you're going to be the person that has the integrity to really act according to their deepest values. Once again, I'm going to share with you my five principles so that you kind of see a little bit of how it is. My five principles are, and I will explain, integrity, growth, faith, equality, and service. I did a little bit of an acronym. It doesn't make any sense. It's, it doesn't really sound particularly mm, nice, but <laughs> just so that I can remember, the acronym is IGFES. Obviously, it is I-G-F-E-S for Integrity, Growth, Faith, Equality, and Service. And what they mean is this. Integrity. Remember to always be kind and compassionate, to always take the high road, and to keep my word. Growth. Keep reading, learning, discovering myself and the world. Faith. Connect to the universe by meditating, being mindful, and feeling gratitude. Equality. Defend equality and equity, human rights for everyone, and be an activist. And service. Devote my life to giving, helping, supporting, not just humanity, but also every being and thing in this planet and universe. These are my five principles, and this is what I try to live by. I try to show integrity, not just to other people, but to myself. That's the most important part for me. I want to keep my own promises and to keep my word to myself. Growth is really important to me as well. I want to keep reading and never stop learning and discovering and understanding more and more and more. With my faith, obviously, you know, I have never necessarily had faith until this moment in my life. And now that I do, I want to cultivate it. I want to take care of it. And I want to connect to the universe and to myself every single day through my meditation. Equality is really, equality and, and service are, I think, very similar or, you know, they could be. Um, I think equality is a form of service, but 
the both of them are so important to me that I needed to make them into two different principles. But so, yeah, just so, you know, you have an idea of what you can write down. It doesn't, of course, your principles don't need to be anything similar to mine, but just so you have an idea of what it can look like. I wrote it down on a piece of paper, but I took a picture with my phone and I saved it on my favorites album. And so anytime that I have some sort of decision to make or I'm feeling a certain way and I don't want to feel a certain way or, or whatever, I come back to these and I read those and I'm reminded of what really is important to me in my life. So now I'm going to give you a little bit of a bonus exercise. And I like to call this the highest self-design. We're going to write down in as many detail as possible all the qualities you want to possess in 10 years. Like imagine that person, your highest self. Imagine that hero Matthew McConaughey talked about, you know, you in 10 years. I'm going to give you a set of questions that fall under certain categories and I'm going to ask you to write these down. So the first category is character. Question one is what is your highest self's character? Question two is, what does she like to do? Second category is relationships. This is a very important one. Question one, how does she treat the people she loves? Question two, how does she treat strangers on the street or at the grocery store? Question number three, how does she show up for her loved ones when she is needed? Question number four, how important does she deem other people's opinions about her, both from the people she loves as well as from others? Next category is difficulties, hardships. Question number one, how does your highest self face challenges? Question number two, what's her perception of failures? And question number three, how does she go about disagreements with the people around her. And fourth and last category, probably the most important one, relationship to self. Question number one, what does your highest self think about herself? Question number two, how does she take care of herself? Question number three, how much does she love herself? And question number five, is she healthy and does she take care of her health physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually? Basically, with all these questions, I want you to write it all down. I want you to describe that person, your highest self, to a T. I want you to see her in your mind and write about her, the way that she looks, her demeanor, her attitude towards life, everything. And then you can do something called scripting. It's a technique that some people use in manifesting and it's basically journaling about a certain vision you have for the future, a certain scenario you want to happen as if it had already happened. And I want you to script a perfect day in your life. You describe your perfect life as if it was already your life. That is scripting. At the end of the day, what really matters in life is, like I said, not that you have a certain amount of things or that you have certain things, 
but that you are someone that you admire, that you are someone that you're proud of, that you become the person that you always wanted to become. You can script as if you were that person. Obviously, having a certain job can help and a certain partner by your side can help, but are you the person that you want to be? That's the question. That is the ultimate manifestation and the most important one because everything else will fall into place. So when you're confused or in doubt or you're facing a difficult situation or decision, you can sit down and script. Write as if you're your highest self and you have already dealt with this situation. Don't think too much about it. Just you know, let the pen flow and see what comes up for you. A lot of people do this in a different way. A lot of people like ask themselves, what would Beyonce do, for example, right? I'm sure you've heard that before. Well, instead of doing that, you can ask yourself, what would my highest self do? You can fall back on these principles because they represent that hero that you want to be in 10 years. Designing our highest selves and becoming them and embodying them every single day is a choice. And sometimes it's hard, I know, but at least you have an ideal that you can try to emulate and you can hold yourself to that standard. Mind you, your highest self isn't perfect either. I will say that. Sometimes I get confused and I think that my highest self does everything perfectly. And that's not true. Like she needs resting. Okay. And sometimes like something's got to give. Okay. This is something I learned reading Jamie Kern Lima's memoir, Believe It. Jamie Kern Lima is the founder of It Cosmetics. I told a little bit of her story in the last episode, in last week's episode, and I loved her memoir so much. And something that I learned was that something has got to give. Like we cannot expect ourselves to be perfect all the time. So make sure that your highest self keeps you motivated to chase that ideal, but also don't feel guilty when you don't when you don't embody her. It's not about that at all. This is about being proud of who you are, of the person that you are, of your integrity and your heart and the way that you treat the people around you and the people that you love and the people that you don't know as well. That's what really matters. And sometimes doing your best is going to be very far from perfect. And that's okay as long as it was your best. So I hope that you have learned something new in this episode. I hope that you can create, hopefully, your own personal constitution. I've given you some ideas for you to be able to do that. We have reached the end of the road here, at least for now. Check out the episode description for any resources I might have mentioned. If you liked it, please subscribe and leave us a review. Your support is key. Also, share this with whoever you think could benefit from what we've discussed and leave your feedback or suggestions on the Instagram DMs at Manifesting on a Loop. Make sure you follow us on there too for daily inspiring content and more. Thanks so much for listening. I'll see you very soon. And just remember, make your highest self proud and be kind. Bye. Bye.